All right, Pete, uh, this is not going to be the most normal intro we've done on the podcast because if you remember the last time we were in the basement of Diamondbacks here in Michigan for an impact show, it was me, you, and Eddie, and we spent about 20 minutes talking about Tom Brady's dick. I don't know if you guys remember. <laughs> we, we can do that again now. I mean, I'm happy to go down that road again. He's in Tampa Bay, so we'll give him a solid seven minutes of uh, <laughs> to talk today. He's in a solid seven. Yeah. Well, here's here's the beauty. We hit we stop hitting record. He's disgusted with us. He turns to us and says, I'm not coming back on your podcast <laughs> until you get a punk icon as a coach. So we're like, where are we gonna do that? He takes a few more steps, he turns around and goes, You know what? I'm not coming back on until you get a four time Stanley Cup champion to be on your podcast, which he's not here tonight, Darren McCarty. And we're like, Well, there's no way. Eddie Edwards is ever coming back on this podcast. Well, fuck you, Eddie. We got our guy. <laughs> we've got. You showed me. You showed I, me. <laughs> we've we've got our punk icon. We've got our four time Stanley Cup champion. We were like, you know what? If he wants to raise it on us and to say, you know, maybe get an MLB All Star player. Hey, we got one too. So you have no excuse. Here you are, Eddie. I Edwards. thought I was clear. I thought I was good. I was never yeah. coming. I thought it was good. There's no way it's happening. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Sorry, bro. I'm the spoiler. <laughs> you got That's all right. I'll, out, I'll take. There's been worse spoilers. I gotta take it. Grab some Good Brothers whiskey. It's been <laughs> a while. So uh, I will start this off by saying uh, you are absolutely one of my favorite people in the wrestling industry. Not even wrestler. Favorite people. And I think Thank I you. tell you that every time I see you because they were Boston brothers. You know, these the Oaklands and the Canadians, they, they don't understand us. Ride or die. That's right. So thank you so much for coming back on after four or five years. It's been, I mean, Jesus. that's been a while. I know. Mind blowing. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I am happy to be back. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the team you've assembled. It's, it's amazing. Well, wrestling nerds assemble. We're like the wrestling <laughs> Avenger nerds. It's amazing. It's amazing when you realize which guy people that you never think of are wrestling fans. And then somehow they get linked up and it's like, Oh, all right. You're one of us. Good to know. Yep. And, and by the way, for all of Eddie Edwards fans who are watching this and don't know who we are, that's PD Williams, the man behind the man behind the man at impact wrestling, my best friend and yours. And down in the corner is the punk rock icon in my eyes. One of my favorite people from the band rancid. That's Lars Fredrickson. Hello, everyone. Then we get the. Uh, oh, the, sorry. <clears throat> How's she going, eh? <laughs> Thanks. And if we had piped in crowd noise like we do at Impact Tapings, that's where it would be. Uh, it brings us up. You know what I want to do is I want to hire Vince McMahon to be my crowd noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he could just press the button. Because he'd get me over, even though everybody hates me. He'd get me over. Oh yeah. <laughs> Push the fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie, I will start the questioning off with. This question, and it's been a while since we've seen each other, and you've overcome this amazing transformation where you went from American sweetheart to this just, <laughs> you know, punk rocked out, you know, mohawk looking, just, you know what, I'm going to say this and I'm going to mean it in a nice way. You look like a dirtbag and I love it. What the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck man? I know, right? But all due respect. With all due respect. And I, I feel like go ahead. I, I feel like the transformation happened slightly before your rivalry with Tommy Dreamer. 
And what was the motivation for you behind the transformation? I mean, if we're being honest, it's, it was the whole thing with Sammy Callahan. You know, yeah. I get hit in the face with a baseball bat. Uh, and as much as that sucks, obviously it was, you know, at the time it was scary. I didn't know what was going on. But it was like after, you know, I went to the hospital and it was, you know, a couple of fractures, but nothing major. Like when I first got hit, I thought my eye, I thought I was holding my eye in. I had no, you know, I had no idea. So when, you know, things got cleared up and, and I wasn't going to need surgery, there's no long-term damage. It was like, well, you know, what can we do with this? It's not like, you're not going to just brush that to the side and we're going to have some regular old rivalry. It's like, people can relate to when they see something real, you see a guy get hit in the face with a baseball bat. You can only imagine what type of pain he's in and, and the anger behind it. So it was kind of like a, a natural progression slowly, you know, it, it wasn't overnight. I feel like it, it kind of went and went and went. I had more, you know, more growing to do, but it gave me a chance to kind of think outside the box for me to get uncomfortable, to, to try new things. And man, I, I'm happy with where it went and how, what I've become. Cause I've never been more comfortable you know, who I am in the ring, out of the ring backstage, I've never been more comfortable than what I'm doing now. And I feel like, you know, everything led up to this. If it wasn't for that crazy ass bad accident, who knows if what I'd be doing, maybe I'd still be a regular old baby face trying to, you know, get the title, but, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing. I have so much more freedom being this type of person character than I did before. It was a lot more fun. So I want to talk about the Sammy. I, I think it's been, long enough. I think it's been four years because I, I started back there again in, in 2017. And I remember being there. It was, it was, it was scary. I, I remember yeah. that. And you, you, the ambulance come in and I'm like, Oh man, this is legit. Um, what after that, obviously they pitched the idea and you're like, yeah, obviously we have to make an angle out of it. How much like heat did you guys like legit have? Or did you guys like, you know, I know you're really professional Eddie, but was yeah. Man, I'm gonna when I when I'm wrestling him, I know I gotta. So you got you got him tied up on the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and hitting with the chemistry. You're like, I'm gonna get my receipt, man. Like I remember, I got him a few good times. Okay, you know, I got him a few good times, but you know, I've been on the other end where, uh, you know, I was wrestling and the guy I broke the guy's leg by landing on him wrong, and it's like it's, you know, as shitty as it is to happen to you, it's almost as bad being on the other end, especially when. You know, like me and Sammy are friends. We've known each other for a long time, and it was something, a freak accident that happened. But, you know, I felt bad for him because as soon as it happened, you could see, you know, yeah. the look on his face, his, his demeanor changed. And, you know, he, he couldn't apologize enough, you know, over and over and text and call and making sure everything was all good. So I understand there, there was really no no heat behind the behind the scenes, which, you know, I, I think if it was the other way around, it would have been the same because we respect each other and what we do. And it was a freak thing. And it just, it, it sucks all around. So that's what made the fact that we could turn it into an angle that much better because, you know, it wasn't like we hated each other. We didn't want to work together. I didn't trust him or whatever. It was like, well, you know, we got chicken, chicken shit. Let's make chicken salad. Let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that, that whole episode, obviously, you know, probably stuck in your brain is, something like that would be for a long time. You know, I wanted to know, how did you get past that? Like, you know, you got to step in the ring again with this guy. Like, you know, Petey was saying, maybe you're going to cash some receipts or something like that, but you're also friends. And, you know, you then like you said, you had like a lot of compassion and forgiveness for him. So, but I mean, how do you just get over this hump of like, oh shit, you know? It, it's one of those things where it, it's, you know, pro wrestling's weird where, 
when you're wrestling a friend, you tend to, you know, lay it in a little harder or, mm-hmm. or like, say, and you know, so every once in a while, it's like, you're, you're having fun. You're caught in the moment. And with me and Sammy, it was very much in the moment. Like, you know, at that pay-per-view when I had Sammy tied up on the ropes and, you know, I'm getting my receipts with the cane. I, I was going in, you know, especially in a situation like that. It's like the fans have been on this ride. The fans feel what I've been through. And it was an amazing feeling to be, I'm getting chills right now. The amazing feeling to be hitting with a kendo stick as hard as I can. He's bleeding, spit going everywhere and the crowds chanting Eddie. It's like, I'm trying to murder this guy right now. Yeah. And people are chanting for it. It's like, this is something special. And I think we, we realized that as soon as, you know, as soon as we touched again, it was like, all right, this is something special. Let's go out there. We're going to be beat. We know we're going to be beat up. Things are going to happen. There may be some black guys and, and bumps and bruises, but we know what we need to do to make this succeed. I want to switch directions a little bit and talk about your time and your rivalry with Tommy Dreamer. And I don't know so much you as you are a sentimental kind of guy. I've had the pleasure of being backstage after a couple of your matches when I, you know, riding Petey Williams coattails. And I, I saw an amazing embrace after one of your matches, basically where he passed the torch to you with the kendo stick. Are, are you kind of a sentimental guy? Do you have that kendo stick? Is it the one that you brought out every week? Did you swap it out? I, I do. I am sentimental in that fact where, you know, I'm getting it. Tommy Dreamer, especially the guy that I was a fan of watching ECW, everything that he did, I, I was a big fan of. So and then even behind the scenes, like before we even had a rivalry, he's always been a guy, you know, Petey knows us, in the back, Tom is a guy you can go to for anything. You ask his opinion, is this good? Does it suck? And he will tell you the truth no matter what. And he's always been kind of like, you know, he's like that godfather back there. He's like my crazy uncle. You know, I can trust him with anything. He's a guy I go to to ask him what I could have done better. What shouldn't I have done? What, what should have, you know, we thought about changing. I've always gone to him for that. And he's always, he. it's interesting because he, will come to me for the same stuff, which is obviously like, to me, it's like mind blowing. And it's a huge sign of respect for Tommy to ask my opinion about anything. So to be able to have that match on the pay-per-view for him to gift me that kendo stick, it's like, it was flashing back. I'm like, I can't wait to tell my brother, you know, my little brother got me back into wrestling and got me, you know, he lent me the money to join wrestling school. So it's like, we were the wrestling fans. Like, I can't wait to tell him that, you know, I'm wrestling Tommy Dreamer and he's going to give me a kendo stick. And it was the one that I used every week until I broke it. Uh, I've broken a few, but that had a good run. But I still do have that. I think it's broken in half in my in my room, actually. So I do have that. But every once in a while, it was, you know, like, you know, RVD, when I got to do the thing with Raven, even as a vignette, it's like these guys that I watched growing up and having D'Lo Brown in the back, it's like every once in a while, you have to sit and enjoy it and realize what you're doing, like, this is amazing. These are guys that I idolize and still do idolize. And I'm sharing locker rooms with them. Like I'm talking to them. I'm shooting the shit with them. Like you got to sit back and like, this, this is pretty amazing. This is pretty cool. So I, I want to take it back even further. Cause I always like to know how people get started in the current company that they're in. So when you started in impact, I don't even know what year it was like 14. Yeah. 14. So man, you've been there. Yeah, <laughs> eight years now. So, how that did you contact them? Did somebody like you know reach out to you and be like, hey, you know, I you started with uh with Davey, right? With Davey, yeah. So we had to, we finished up our our deal at ROH, and it was kind of like uh, we are we were always on the same you know same ground. Like, all right, we've kind of done what we want to do here. We want to try to go somewhere else, get bigger, you know, get more exposure and stuff like that. 
and we both got invited to a WWE tryout. We went down and we did that and, you know, it went well. They ended up offering us a chance to come back and do like training for a week and then do the TV taping. And it was going to be like that for a few months. So we went down and did that. You know, things went well. We had a match. Seemed like it went okay. And then, uh, you know, when we got to the back, it just seemed like, I don't know, it was off. Like something was off in the back. And we could tell, like, they're not as high on us as they were at one point. You know what I mean? Oh, and they, literally, like, the next day, it was they got in touch. Like, hey, you know what? We don't really have anything for you guys. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was it was before this, the new era of NXT almost like there weren't a lot of, you know, indie guys coming in. It was kind of like that crossover was just starting to happen. So we got the email that we were done. And literally, I mean, minutes after that, we got in touch with Dave Lagana. He had, uh, he had reached out before that, but Lagana was working at impact. We worked them at ring of honor. And so he reached out to us before, you know, the trial and what we're going to do. We were told that we're going to try to see, see what happens and go from there. So when we got that email, we're like, well, let's call Dave and Dave got in touch and Dave had big call us. And I mean, it was later on that day that we were assigned with impact, which in the, I mean, again, you know, things, I like to think things happen for a reason and I wouldn't be, who knows what would be going on right now in my life if if that didn't happen. And I'm very grateful for, you know, shit happens, you adjust and, and change course. And that's what we did and it brought us to impact. Well, I actually want to take it back even further. Okay. So, Bring it back. Uh, between like 2005 and 2012, 13, I was spending a considerable amount of time in Japan. And I seem to remember you wrestling. Well, I, was, I think it was at Kurokin with, and maybe you and DiBiase were tag partners. Oh, yeah. 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 And because uh, it was something triggered about, because you're talking about, you know, doing this thing with Raven and then Tommy Dreamer, but Masawa and all these, you know, classic legendary uh, people that were in pro wrestling, pro wrestling Noah, that yeah. you spent time with, you were actually, now, were you trained with them or or how did you get over there? So I, so I started training, I trained at Killer Kowalski's outside of Boston, uh, my way, and that was 2001. And then I started doing Indies in 2002 and, you know, just whatever, trying to get out everywhere I could, make a name for myself. And then uh, somebody came to Killer Kowalski's from Japan, Sumi Sakai, who had, you know, obviously she has ties in Japan. She came to train at Walters. Uh, so she ended up opening the door for me. Like, would you want to go over there and train as a young boy, basically? Like, start from, you know, <laughs> from the bottom. I was like, hell yeah. You know, like, yes. Because there's a lot of guys that, you know, I idolized and looked up to like so many people have gone, you know, from the States to Japan and they made it big in Japan. They come back to the States and, you know, like that was always kind of a dream of what I wanted to do. And that opportunity came and I was like, hell yeah. So I went there. I was the only English speaking, you know, there's some broken English in the dojo, but, you know, I was in there with six other Japanese guys who were training every day. And, you know, cleaning the ring and, you know, taking the bags to the bus and and training before the shows and all that. So I went there in 2005 is when I first went over there. And, you know, right from the beginning, it was, was, again, it's like I've I've had a lot of mind blowing or pretty cool things that have happened. So, you know, I'm in the dojo and 
Kenta Kobashi comes in to eat, you know, to eat lunch. Like we'd do the training upstairs in the ring, you know, weight training and then bumping in the ring, whatever we had to do. We would do that. The guys, the veterans would come downstairs. I wasn't making the food. The Japanese guys took care of that. They made the chanko and like all the veterans sit around. It's like Kobashi, Akiyama, Kenta, Marufuji, like all these guys sitting around this table eating. And I'm like, I'm dead from training, but it's like, you know, again, who would have thought I'd be, you know, be in this position right now, sharing a room with these legends and being able to train the way they were trained and to get into the business. And, you know, at first, I mean, the training sucked because it was a lot of different stuff that I didn't do at Kowalski's cause is very much pro wrestling training, you know, going over holds and take down and stuff like that, where over there, you have to basically pass a test to be allowed to get into the dojo. So it's like every day we'd be doing <clears throat> 300 squats. We'd be doing 300 pushups. We'd be doing the neck bridges. We'd be doing the ab lift. Like everything that we did was all stuff that I never really did because I didn't wrestle amateurly or anything like that. I never did these neck bridges. So like I remember down in the dojo, we're eating lunch and my neck is just like cramping up because I can't even, I can't even lift my head. I'm like, I hope they don't notice this. You know, it was just like, a, it was a rude awakening for a while, but it was like, there are moments where I didn't know if I'm like, I don't know if I can fucking, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm dying, but you know, gradually got better and got better and then made it through it. And they offered me, you know, a chance to wrestle. And I was like, I made it, I'm on the show. And then it was kind of worked my way up from first matches and so on and so forth from there. Wow. Now, you're you're a seasoned vet now. World traveled. You you are one of the mainstays at Impact Wrestling, and kind of like PD, and a lot of people don't really realize is Impact not only is putting out a great TV product, but if you really look behind the scenes, they're becoming one of the more powerhouses in developing agents and talents that they're going off to other companies and becoming super successful. Has it ever crossed your mind maybe to start looking and doing some more behind the scenes, especially with the wealth of knowledge that's back there at Impact and seeing how successful other talent has been that the you Lance Storm. I mean, Pete, you can name off the top of your head right now five or six people that have left Impact, gone up north, and is being successful up there. Has it crossed your mind to do anything like that? It, I mean, it has. Yeah, as time goes on, obviously, I know, you know, I can't wrestle forever. I'm going to try to, but obviously, at some point, you know, it's going to kind of come to an end. And I've always been very intrigued by, you know, the agent positions, producers, and stuff like that. So, you know, throughout the days, I try to. I'll, I'll hang around gorilla and try to watch how they're calling the matches, how they're calling the camera shots and stuff like that. And just kind of, kind of take it all. in. it's not something I, I want to do anytime soon because I, I'd like to be able to focus, you know, I like to be able to focus on it for PD. I don't know how you and Saban and you guys do both wrestling and agent. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> I mean, right. It's crazy. And like, you know, Tommy, the same thing. Tommy would be like, yeah, I'm agenting six matches. I'm wrestling in two. And it's like, I see you guys run around nonstop, but I am very much interested in doing that. And I think down the road, I would, I would definitely be open to that. And, you know, hopefully when the time comes, it's something I can try out. All right. So, well, I want to switch gears a little bit and I don't know if you like talking about your personal life. So if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. So recent surgery that just happened, uh -huh. it lasted a tapings. Like we were all, did you get my card? 
Yes, I did. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> no that was his real question. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Your next, all right, next subject. So, so <laughs> what happened? Because I I hear you know the the like fifth hand story of like you know how it happened and all that kind yeah. of yeah. You know, I'd like to hear it from you. I mean, so that second to last day of tapings, like during the day a little bit, and then like after my match was kind of hanging out, my stomach just. Like it didn't feel right. It wasn't like, I don't know. It was like a, a pain, but it was nothing real familiar. It was like, but wrestling mentality. I'm like, I'll, you know, I'll go hang out, you know? And the thing about it, like that night, we're having a, a big to get together. Like, yeah. you know, the first time in a while that we've had, it was like invites to everybody to have like a big after show hangout party type thing. And so in my mind, I'm like, you know, we'll hang out. I'll have a couple of seltzers. I'm sure, you know, I'll go to sleep and I'll be all good. But, you know, during the party, we're hanging out and it just gets a little worse, a little worse and continuously gets worse where like, I'm, I do the old kayfabe duck out. I told Lish, Alicia, I'm like, I gotta go up to the room. And she's like, what, what is going on? It's like, I just, I don't feel good. I'm going to go lay down and see what happens. So I go up there and I'm like, try to lay down. And it's just getting like brutal, brutal pain where i'm like i i don't know you're like i don't know what it is and so i'm texting Lish, i'm like i'm trying to sleep it off it's not working i'm like in a fetal position like i don't know what to do and so i text him like i i don't know i might have to go to the hospital and of course again wrestling mentality i'm like yeah you don't go to what happened yeah i'm like you know what happens if I go to the hospital and they tell me it's gas? (laughs) (laughs) What type of asshole will I be? Kill my gimmick. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, so I'm like, I'm going to try to wait, you know, see what happens. And then she comes up with a few of the boys, which is always good because they kind of gave that little nudge. Like you gotta, you should probably go get it checked out. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like not to be hanging out, not to be like social, like hanging out with anybody and just kind of up in my room was, I think struck a few people as weird. So it was like, all right, just go get it checked out. And, and I'm telling them like, what if it's just gas? What if it's just gas? You know, <laughs> look at me, what's wrong with me. And then I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, of course the office is going to know tomorrow. They're going to think it was because of the party. Yeah, I went too yeah. hard. I had to go to the hospital, like, you know, all these things going through my mind but it got to the point like all right just take me i need to figure it out and so <laughs> everybody's hanging out and drinking and, and stuff like that so it's like well who's gonna who's gonna take me and i'm just telling lish i'm like get get tommy, tommy. get tommy <laughs> get tommy so like they end up calling the room and tommy wakes up in the dark slams into a cab you know cabinet because he doesn't know what's going on you get a phone call in your room at it was three 30 in the morning at that point, you, you assume the worst, you know? So he's like, Who, who's dead? Who's arrested? What's going on? And so like, Lish is telling him, you can't, he does the, you know, the over the top Alicia accent. You gotta come Eddie's Eddie. It's Eddie. Come help Eddie. And so he's like putting on his pants. He's comes out, uh, comes down to the lobby and I'm just like hunched over and somebody just gives him the keys, takes me to the hospital and on the way, you know, we're halfway, it's like 15 minutes away on the drive. He looks like there's no gas in this car. Like the, the light was on for the gas. I'm like, <laughs> like if I die because there's no, no gas in this car, I am going to be pissed. Like, 
So we make it to the hospital, COVID restrictions, obviously Tommy can't come in. I go in and as I'm checking in, Tommy sends the nurse over and she's like, Hey, uh, he said that you have your card from because Tommy didn't bring his wallet. I had my wallet, so I, I had to give him my, my my credit card to go get gas in the car as I'm getting checked in. And so he kind of goes out there and he just hangs out. And this was the closest I've ever been to being that crazy person in the emergency room who's like, I gotta be seen. Somebody's gotta see. Like I was like, I was doing, I was abyss in the in the emergency room, just rocking back and forth. Like, <laughs> uh, there's somebody puking over there. There's an old somebody sleeping in the corner. Like, oh, what is going on? So they take me in, and the doctor finally comes in. He gives me a few pokes on the stomach. And he's like, "Well, that's appendicitis. So we're gonna have to take out your appendix." I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least it's something real and it's not something major, you know, in my mind. So uh, they ended up doing it that following morning the surgery and I got released later that day or no, the next day I got released. Um, and you know, impact, I, I give them credit. You know, they, they took care of me. They, you know, extended the room because I was told I shouldn't fly by numerous people. Tommy dreamer again, you know, like there's been a lot of guys who've died from blood clots and stuff like that after surgery. So, you know, I was like, I'll go home in a couple of days, but I ended up staying until I got out on Wednesday, I stayed until Sunday. They took care of the hotel and stuff and, you know, switched my flight up. And, you know, after the surgery, it was like a couple of days where it sucked because they did it like, you know, I don't know, it's not arthroscopically, but with a scope. So there's like yeah. three little holes, basically. Like they didn't cut me open, oh, just three know. holes. Yeah, it was like they blew up my stomach, put a camera in and then did whatever they needed to do to take it out on the other end. A couple of days of being in severe, like not severe pain, but pain from the surgery where getting up or moving or coughing or anything like that sucked. But it was really a few days. And then I got home. Since I've been home, I, I feel great. So, again, it's like it could have been a lot worse. It didn't rupture was the thing. Like that would have been the big thing yeah. of that appendix ruptured. So they caught it in time. And as of now, knock on wood, I feel pretty good. So, and the last thing before Lars goes, and it could just be a yes or no answer. Are, are you clear to wrestle? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. I just want to know, is the next match you're going to have with this appendix? <laughs> I already lost that match, but <laughs> I lost that, that appendix match. over. Yeah. He's over. He's gone. I asked if I could well, take like it every home. Thing that hurts you, you have a match with. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... I you know, and I ask this question every show because it, it, everybody I feel has either similar or, or or very different opinions. We're in a we're in a world of wrestling that we've never seen before, and uh, you know where I, where I feel like you can actually see it coming through the TV screen that uh, these re- you wrestlers have a lot more creative freedom. Um, now, do you think now that you're maybe if you're experiencing it right now, that's more that's more important than actually the paycheck? Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of both, because obviously, you know, if you're doing this for a job, you want to, you know, get paid. But, you know, there's always times where you could give it give up the creativity to go somewhere else and maybe maybe get a chance of making more money or like with impact. I, I mean, impact, I think, kind of set the path for this creativity, like, especially for me, like, as soon as I got the impact, you could feel like, 
our opinion mattered. It was like, well, what, you know, what if it was, it was always, it always is a team effort, you know, putting, putting a match together, putting an angle together. They're always taking your input and it's never like, no, you do this and that's it. You know? So having that, it, I think it makes people happy, you know, like it makes me happy. It, it makes the workers happy to be able to have that creativity, have that outlet for it. You know, it, it goes a long way. And some guys, some guys want the creativity, you know, and maybe a little less, less money. And some guys don't care about the creativity. They just want to go somewhere and make as much money as possible for as long as they can. And I've never been one to judge guys can go anywhere they want. They do what's best for them. Like, I'm never, I never take anything personal, you know, in, in this business, like do what you got to do. But for me, for me, impact is the perfect mix. Like I get paid to do it, which is my dream job. I get to do that. And I also get to be as creative as I can. Like it, it's, it's really endless. There's no restrictions, you know, like for the most part, no restrictions. Like you guys can go out there and do whatever you want, as long as you make it work. And this is the story you're trying to tell. And it's a great team, you know, it's, it's overused in sports and wrestling, but it's like, it, it very much does feel like a fan, you know, a family type atmosphere where, you know, you can go to anybody in the locker room and ask for an opinion or ask what would they do and stuff like that. And, and very open about things. And again, that, I think that just helps the morale for everybody. I know it does for me. I, I feel like I could say, I could approach anybody about anything at any time and impact and, you know, you just take it and, and, and go. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a very good thing about impact that, you know, maybe not enough people know, but I'm more than happy to tell everybody, like everybody how, how great the atmosphere is for impact. July 17th, slam anniversary is coming up. Do you have any certain slam anniversary moments from the past that really stick out to you? I know right now, PD and I are really trying to recruit Lars heavily to show up for that pay-per-view with us. Ooh. So maybe we can get you to talk him into it as well. Well, I'm going to be uh, smashing Eddie's appendix with uh, with uh, <laughs> Sammy Callahan. That's going to be the match. Let's do Lars versus Eddie's uh, <laughs> appendix. <laughs> So it's it's gonna be a three way match. I think. Oh, Pete, I like it. Pete, you're the special ref for we, ref, ref. <laughs> Yeah, miss you the audience. Anyway. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, you know, for me, uh, the last year, you know, I won the won the world title again, and and just like I, I think last year's was, you know, it was a crazy time, obviously with the pandemic, and you know the main event match getting changed numerous times. And then it ended up having a couple mystery guys come back. You know, you had Swan come back and Eric Young comes back and the good brothers come in that night. It was very, it felt like something big, like the, the buzz going into last year's, which hopefully, I mean, hopefully it does for this year too, but last year is like, you could feel it in the air. Like this is like, this is a big moment. Like this is a pretty special thing. Like, especially in the pandemic for the company to, you know, give them the opportunity to, to try to help impact and, and carry the team the best I could in a pandemic where people, all eyes were on us that night. I mean, the hype before it, everybody was watching that show and for, for me to be able to go out on top as the world champion there. And then the good brothers come out and, you know, we drink some beer and stuff. That was a pretty memorable one. It's just all the circumstances going into it. And then obviously, you know, winning the title as well. So do you feel like 
because I feel like I, I really thought about this before, you know, this this interview tonight. I, I really feel like you are the franchise player in Impact Wrestling currently right now. M- maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe maybe you do. Um, do you like think about it? You just mentioned at Slamiversary they gave you the title. All right. It feels like whenever like, oh, 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 shit, what do we do? They can always say we could do it with Eddie. Like you're that guy that you can always turn to. Do you feel the same way? And if you don't, then who would you say has that role? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that I've always want. You know, that's what I want to be. I want to be the guy that, you know, they need somebody to do, you know, a 20 minute match or whatever, they, you know, do an interview or a segment like I, I want to be the champion because I want to be that guy that goes out and does interviews or has to, you know, work numerous times throughout the day. Like that's kind of what I, I pride myself on. And I've always wanted to be the guy who can have a, a decent match with, with anybody. Yeah. And, you know, like guys like that in wrestling, they, they tend to have long careers and have get jobs because you go out there and do what you need to do. So I've always aimed to do that. You know, every once in a while I do notice it, you know, in the locker room, like I feel, I don't know, I feel, you know, emotional about it, but like when, when guys come up and ask me for opinions or advice or, or advice, like it's weird to think like that I'm getting to that point in my career, you know what I mean? Where I can be that guy, but you know, I'm, I'm more than open to it and I'm happy to do it. And I enjoy when, you know, when people say, when D'Lo on commentary says the heart and soul of impact, that's something yeah. that I take, that's something I take pride in because impact is where, you know, I've said it before, say it again, impact is where I want to be. It's not because I can't go anywhere, you know, who knows, but I don't even care because impact is where I want to be. And the way that the company has treated me, you know, through the ups and downs, you know, I've been through numerous front offices and stuff. But I've always been treated fairly and I can, you know, like there's been guys that have had issues and that's fine, but that's not me. So I'm proud to be that guy in impact. So when people say that it's, it's an honor for you to say that, you know, it's an honor as well, man. It really is. You know, you, you mentioned winning the belt and, you know, these things, but what I want to know, I guess, is there anybody in any company that you haven't yet wrestled? I know you've wrestled a pretty much everyone that you can think of but is there one person that maybe two ships in the night maybe you didn't ever cross cross paths but maybe there's still an opportunity for you to get in the ring with who would that be you know i mean right now kenny omega is the you know he's the impact champion and you know we've we've both been in the states at the same time we've both been in japan at the same time we've both worked on the same shows at the same time but we've never done a singles match anywhere. And, you know, the fact, I mean, it's crazy for how long we've both been wrestling and just like how we've always been, we've been around each other quite a bit, you know what I mean? But we've never had a singles match. All the only thing I've done is the six man, you know, at impact that we did. And that was it. So I'd be, I'd enjoy doing that. I think that we go out and put a good one on that. Obviously right now him being impact champion, I'd be more than happy to do that. I'm not going to ask my Tom Brady penis question yet. I'm going to save that a little bit. I know, guys, it's I'm, I'm slow burning this joke. I'll just I got two words for you: tuck rule. The fuck that. Raiders. <laughs> I don't want to hear about no Tom Brady, bro. Next next question. 
But I do want to ask this question, and we often talk to guests about the Forbidden Door, and I know that you've been asked about it a lot. But I want to ask from the perspective of they've they've really been stingy in a good way with the talent sharing process of this thing. Are you a guy that might be chomping at the bit to be involved with this? Are you perfectly happy sitting back and watching other people go and and, and being ambassadors for the Impact brand? Do you have a certain opinion or mindset on how you want to do this? Uh, I think that it should be open the other way a little bit more. I think it's, you know, it's been a lot of, you know, AEW or, you know, Kenny and, and Don and, you know, guys coming to Impact, which is great. You know, that's great for us. It's great for our television show. But I think it would be, you know, even better if we had guys from Impact going to AEW, you know. And I understand that they're two different companies and it takes a lot to make things line up. And I get it's tough to happen, but I, I think that would go a long way to have, you know, guys from impact show up over there. And I would be happy to do that. Cause as I say, I I'm always happy to represent impact. So I would love to go over there and do something if the time is right. But as of right now, it, you know, it's not the right time. I would, I would enjoy it if it, if it came along and we were able to do some more stuff with them more, even, uh, even killed a little bit, but who knows what happens. So uh, th this is one that I always ask everybody. Um, so you won, when was your first world title victory and impact like 2016 ish? Uh, uh, 17, 17. What was that? The, the Lashley one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when that happened, like, did you know that day, like, or did you know ahead of time, like, yeah, you know, we're going to be putting the belt on you. You're going to be beating Lashley. Or did they like pop it on you that day and was like, yep, you're, you're our next champ. How'd that, that go? That was day of, day of that came up and said, all right, so we're going to put you, you know, put you up on Lashley. Like, what? Did you know you I, were even having that match that day? What? No, I had no idea. No idea. So, so this was like it, a cold it, match? There was no storyline? Um, It was, yeah, I tried to, I think I, I faced them once and lost. I traded, I did the, oh, the, the option, option C, C and then okay. lost. And then the next taping or whatever, he ended up, he could pick his opponent. He chose me. Oh. And then, so I, I, you know, we had done some stuff together, but I had no idea that, that was going down. So what was going through your head? I remember like when they told me, <laughs> like, I, I think I just signed a contract. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're giving you the X division title. And I'm like, what? Like yeah. me, like, people don't even know who I am, but like, what was your emotion on that? I mean, that, it was very similar. I'm like, okay, because me and Davey had split up, you know, somewhat recent at that time. Like, I was doing my own thing. I had won the X Division title. But the world title, it's that next level. It's like, obviously, I, that's what I want to get to at some point. But I didn't really expect it to come. And especially with, you know, Lashley, who's the, a giant of a man, a monster in the ring. So it's like. You know, like Lashley's cool with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Like, because if he's not, I know he'll take care of it out there. But you know, it was obviously an exciting time. So I was like, all right, let's let's see what can happen and go from there. Awesome. There was something interesting that you said is about like more a or more excuse me more impact talent going to AEW. Now that everything's sort of picking up and everybody's going to probably jump back on the road, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of a of a difficult sort of you know, diff more difficult to organize. Um, I guess my question for you is, do you, now that since you've been in pretty much in one place, 
for a while doing the TV tapings, you know, are you excited to get back out on the road and do it? Or are you kind of like, fuck, I could just stay in one place and do this. I I'm excited to get on the road, especially, you know, excited to have fans again. If that's, that's what comes with traveling, you know, it's like, that's great. I don't want to travel and do it in front of nobody. I'm happy to do that in one place, but to be able to get out on the road and just travel again. And I don't know, it makes it, feel no i don't know it makes the world feel normal again you know the fact that we have we're having what if some fans at slimiversary which is going to be amazing so i'm looking for i think everybody's looking forward i think the i'm hoping the fans are looking forward to it. like everybody's just chomping at a bit trying to they want to get out and do something so i think like hopefully the first month year hopefully it carries on like the excitement about the show so that's a i'm excited to get out travel get back in that routine of you know, getting on the road a little bit, getting back home. And I've always been a guy like, I don't want to be on the road nonstop. I want to go on the road, do whatever weekend or a loop, get back home, do the home life, you know, back and forth. So I'm looking forward to that happening again. I've enjoyed the time, you know, in the one place and more so the time at home, you know, with, with my daughter and my wife, like it's been nice to, you know, she was three, she turned three in the pandemic last year, turned four during this year. It's like, I've been able to be home with her in these years where watching her grow up where, you know, if I was traveling, I wouldn't have seen as much. So I've really enjoyed that time. And we're trying to make, still make the most of it. Your daughter, Larry Bird, right? Of course. Yeah. You had to name her after the legend. I yeah. really don't blame <laughs> La- you. LaRonda Bird. Listen, <laughs> I love my daughter, Cam Neely. So it's okay. <laughs> She's a great, great kid. Oh, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do want to piggyback off of Pete's question about winning the title. And I don't I've I think I've asked this one or two people where I felt like they may have done this because there are some guys that win a championship, throw it in their bag. They go to work or home the next day for you. I feel like when you had that championship, being a sports fan, being a wrestling fan, did you have that intimate moment with the belt or did you maybe a tear was shed? Uh, did can you tell me like the first few minutes when you were alone with that belt what that was like well you know, like the the first true moment is after the you know after the three count where you know they're making that announcement and you know i'm looking to the ref like three and and they make the announcement and you hear the crowd and it's like i tend to i don't know it's like i guess it's like that Shawn michaels thing you know that Shawn michaels kneeling like that that's always been kind of imprinted in my mind where I think any title that I've won, it's pretty much, I try to take that moment with that, like with the impact title and also with, you know, the GHC championship in Japan, it was like, you try, I try to take that moment, like all these years, all these years it's led to this, like, this is what you want. And it's a special moment to, to take with it. And I try to do that, you know, organically with, you know, every kind of championship that I'm lucky enough to get. The impact title the first time that I took a trip with me back to the hotel and it hung up for the party that night too. So we christened it the right way. I had to do that. So what about, uh, I mean, the rumors out, I, I think they're true. Uh, you know, Davey Richards coming back to wrestling. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, w- would you be open to, I think people want to see it. Would you be open to having a, like a Wolves reunion? I'd be happy to. I, you know, I texted him. Uh, when he put out that he was coming back and you know we keep in touch through text here and there uh, and just kind of catch up and see what's going on and you know I heard he was coming back and I hit him up and I'm more than open to it I think that 
like you said, if people want to see it, I think it would be a cool moment to have. I'd be happy to do it with them because I think the, when we were tagging, you know, from Ring of Honor even to Impact, it was like we continuously somehow got more chemistry. Like, obviously it makes sense, but each and every time it was like, felt like a little, a little better, a little more chemistry each and every time. But I also feel that one of the strong points of us as a tag was you could split us up and have us do our own yeah. things and that would work. And then at any time we can come back and tag. So I just feel like there's like kind of an extension like that. We, we broke up or we did our separate things at some point, come back and do it again. And I think it'd be a good story and I'd be happy to tag with them again. Awesome. You've had a lot of success doing both the tag team and the singles. Um, and I know that they're two totally different things, but a lot of the times we get people on or maybe tag team specialists or whatever it was. And I think that you were sort of known for that for a while. Um, do yeah. You, yeah. Do you prefer one or the other? No, I think they're, they're drastically different. They're different enough where I can enjoy them both separately. Like the tag team wrestling is such an art. Like there's such a, such an art way for it to be done correctly. Like when you see a great tag match, it's, it's amazing. Like when they, you're using all four guys, like you're doing creative things, you can really get those juices flowing, especially with four minds. And it's four guys trying to create this magic moment in the ring. And a lot goes into it. And I feel like, you know, it really ups your creativity in that aspect where it's like, well, we have four guys, you know, I, I've always I've always hated when tag matches feel like two singles matches when yeah, it's like yeah. two guys are in the ring and then two guys in the ring and, and that's always irked me. So I've always enjoyed when tag matches just run and flow so smoothly where you can't you don't even notice. So that I always enjoyed that and it helped me having Davey debuting together at Impact. It was great because you know, he was like my safety. Like I could rely on him. Like we were doing it together where if I was coming in alone, you know, who knows where my mind would have been, but I was like, all right, me and Dave, we were here together. You know, we get to do our thing. And then on the single side, I think for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, wrestlers get in it because, well, we want to, you know, make a living, but also you want to be the world champion. And it's tough to do that if you're a strictly a tag team guy. So that's kind of one of the things that like I took pride in the fact that me and Davey in ring of honor too, it was like, we can go off and have good, good matches, good angles or programs with other guys, but then we can come back together. And I think that's kind of what made us, you know, strong and successful on both fronts. So I, I can't say which one I, I love them both uh, differently, but just as much as the other. I know we have time for one more question apiece. And, uh, you know, I think my question is a culmination of everything we've kind of asked about your time and impact where you've now kind of found yourself as a locker room leader. And I, I don't know, there's not a class out there. Nobody can really teach you how to be a locker room leader or how to run a locker room because essentially being the locker room leader, you become the ambassador for the office to the boys and at times, sometimes impact does have a high turnover rate. And but there's a core group of guys there where you've kind of come out to be the voice. Is there and I'm trying to figure out in my mind how to ask this question. So bear with me. But did was there anybody that kind of taught you how to be a locker room leader? 
I think it's just the way I was brought up in the business, like starting from, you know, Kowalski's and then to Japan, like it's always been very much about respect, especially in Japan, you know, the, the veteran wrestlers, you, they sit down first, like you take their bags. Like it was very much respect based on, you know, guys that have been doing it longer than you. And from Kowalski's as well, it's like, you show up, you introduce yourself. It's like, just the way I was brought up in the business, it was like, I kind of, I've seen every point of it because I did that ride myself. It's like, I've been in locker rooms where guys are locker room leaders and I know who I would go to if I had an issue or if I wanted to bring something up. And it's just like, I just try to do, I don't know, just do my best to be as helpful as I can, you know, for everybody. Because I think obviously the more, you know, the more communication between office and, and talent and issues that are going on, the more communication, the better, because then things don't blow up into something. So it's like, you know, if you kind of, there's all different people, guys and girls who kind of police the locker room and try to get a feel of what's going on. And again, you know, I'm going to sound repetitive. It's like, I enjoy doing it. I, I'm proud to do that for impact. And I think it's just over time, I, I've kind of tried to pay attention and do things the right way from when I first began till now. It's like, it, we came up in the business, PD knows it's like, you do things the right way. And if you don't do it the right way, you're going to, you're going to get heat. And mm-hmm. it's obviously not as extreme these days as it was then. But, uh, you know, I talked to a few different guys in the locker room where I think a few things should be, you know, <laughs> should be held to, to like today. We should still stand up. Like you introduce yourself, like new person in the building, you go over and say, hi, yeah. like that yeah. type of stuff. You know, when that doesn't happen, I think it irks everybody, but it, to answer your question, I think it's just kind of sitting back and watching until until you got to do it. See, now hang on, and I don't and I don't mean to cut anybody off. I'm sorry, but I I almost kind of disagree with the new person thing because, and hear me out. I once again, I've been a guy that is you know rode Petey Williams coattails in the back of a Impact locker room and hanging out, and I've had people come shake my hand like I'm somebody, and I get that my lot in life is. N- not really anybody but Petey's friend, but for you guys, you know, <laughs> hang on here. I, I I see a guy walk into the room, and then every single person kind of crowds around him, goes for the handshake, and you have to shake everybody's hand every single day at every single show. And I almost feel no, like- no, that's not what I'm saying though. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Okay. If me and if me and Petey having a conversation, somebody's not, you don't come up to us and try to oh hi i'm i'm eddie hi nice to meet you if you're walking by somebody in the hallway you'd give the hey what's up i I don't care if you come and shake my hand but you know let it be known that you're happy to be where you are it's not about it's not about the physically shaking i don't give a shit about that Mm -hmm. it's like what's up How, how you doing like that's it just being cordial and don't be you know don't be awkward and when you're walking by somebody you don't say anything like that's all I'm saying. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And you know when it's the wrong time. You should know when it's the wrong time to do it. I'm gonna shake your hand every time I see you. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, I, we, if, if we've done it where it's like we're having conversations and then three people will come up and like, hey, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, or they just stand around you. They're looking at you like, what? Oh, hi, what's yeah. going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what though? Uh, that's so awkward. Anyways, uh, speaking of heat, um, I did not get clearance for this interview from uh, you know, from, from, yeah. So from I'll the take big the, man. I told oh, you that I got clearance. Shit. 
Uh, I'll take uh, the heat. Uh, no, no. You know, but we've been talking right. a lot about impact. Uh, what <laughs> I want to know, I want to take it back to Ring of Honor. What are some of like your 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 favorite matches that you've had there, or maybe not even matches, just your favorite memories that you had there? Uh, you know, when me and Davey first got rolling as a tag team, and our first big kind of big matches we did in Canada, I believe it was in Canada. We did a forty-five minute uh, Broadway. Me and Dave against Tyler, uh, Seth Rollins and Brian Danielson. And we did that. And that was like, you know, that was wrestling. They were two top guys at that point. So for us to kind of do that match, go, go the full distance was pretty cool. And for it to be a good match and to feel good coming out of that, I was like, okay, that was something cool. And like, I, I can stand, like, I can go with them. You know, that was, that was a cool moment um, in Boston Massachusetts, I broke my elbow wrestling Kevin Steen. Um, I did a tope and I my elbow broke. Finished the match, but the next day we had a show at the Manhattan Center. It was a ladder match with against Steen and Generico, uh, Sami Zayn, or I supposedly yeah. Sami Zayn. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so we had a ladder match that next day. I went after breaking my elbow. I went to the hospital and. It was like a clean break. They just said, you know, you know, wrap it up in a, you know, whatever hard cast, not like a hard, hard cast, but the soft cast that's yeah. wrapped up a bunch. And I asked them, could I do any more damage to it? And they're like, no. So I was like, okay, I'll wrestle. And so I did the ladder match with a broken arm, my arm in a straight cast. And that was kind of a moment that changed things for me in Ring of Honor, where I was this kind of gritty baby face type guy, like, Climbing the ladder again, that real emotion. You see a guy with a broken arm climbing a ladder trying to get the belt, and and the crowd came up, and that was a special one as well. And Bret Hart was there, and he said I had balls, so <laughs> that was cool too. I was on that show actually, and were you? Uh, yeah, I I, oh. had, I wrestled Aries, and it was the Twinkie match. <laughs> uh, Todd Todd Sinclair is the ref's name. Yes. Oh the, yes. Twinkies. Yeah, yeah. That was a good show. Oh yes, that was that was a good show. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and then winning the world title from Roderick Strong, who's he's a good friend of mine, and we did that in the Manhattan Center, um, and that was very much a match where people nobody thought I had a chance really at that point. Which, if you look at it, I I probably didn't. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I hadn't been put in that spot yet, so it was like a quick flash pin roll up, and again the crowd the crowd came up like they it made it feel like it was a special moment. Like yeah. that wasn't supposed to happen. The people who were there like, Holy shit, this just happened. And it felt the same way for me. Well, my last question is going to have nothing to do with wrestling because uh, I'm going to be in Massachusetts on Saturday. Oh, it's one of my mass is one of my favorite States in the union. And I've, and I've, I've been going there for a long, long time. So my question to you is in the North end, what is your favorite Italian restaurant? Oh, uh, you know, you're gonna you probably hate me. I'm I can't even count, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been to North End for Italian food. I'm not a it's just I don't know, I don't get down there enough, and it's it's sad to say. It's sad to say, but okay, what about a Florentine cannoli? You've ever had one of those from Mike's Pastry? Yes, yes, yes I have had that. That we, is. We, we, <laughs> I could see that I was tired. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push you too far. And I knew you were going to turn on me. All right. Whew. Thank you. I'm so fucking pissed. You know? 
fucking God damn it. being from Boston. And you're like, <laughs> that, that's my last question. And I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours and I've, and I've enjoyed you over the years and, you know, seeing you in Japan and then seeing you here. It's just, it's been, it's pretty cool to be able to sit here and talk to you now and uh, all the best to you in your appendix. <laughs> No, fuck my appendix. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, man. That, that means a lot. And it's amazing that you saw it in that you saw me in Japan. That that's mind blowing. So you're a legend, and I do appreciate it, man. Hopefully, we'll see it. Hopefully, you get to come to a show at some point soon. I, I mean, that's that's the plan. You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah. It's it's cool. It's very cool. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, you have a lot going on. Where can people find you? You have a book out. Oh yeah. Well. I have a second kid, a children's book that I did with an amazing artist, Mark Poulton. He's done stuff like DC Comics, but we came out with the, my, the first book was Anything is Possible, you know, the cartoon kids book, kind of a story of my life. And then this last one that we came out with, American Werewolf in London. It's me and Kenny the Kendo Stick. We go on an adventure in London and we have a good old time. And so those are out now. And also I'm only on Twitter. At the Eddie Edwards, no, no Facebook, no Instagram, nothing like that. So follow me there. Check me out. And I said this at the beginning. I'll say this again. You are one of my favorite people. Anytime I've ever reached out, you've always made it a habit to answer me. And you've been very generous to Petey and I over the years. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And I appreciate you putting me on. And thank you for that compliment. It means a lot. It really does. <laughs>